Well, welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. Uh, today, I have the great privilege of being with uh, Pastor Grant Hinson. Grant, how you doing? Wonderful. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Grant never does things halfway. <laughs> always does it twice. Uh, believe it or not, right now, you can't see us, but we are actually dressed the same. We are wearing the same polo, the same jeans, um, so it feels really awkward to be in the same room with it right now. But we're going to press on towards our podcast and think about Second uh, John, uh, verses 7 through uh, 11. Um, let me just kind of begin by saying Second uh, John verses 5 and 6 are kind of like the beginning thrust of the, um, the letter. It says, And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one you have had from the beginning, that you love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. And this is the commandment, just as you've heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. So this command to love one another, this command to live out the righteous lives is Christ. So we see that several times in, in John's first letter, to walk like Christ, to be in the light as he is in the light. So I think this next section is more of just an application, how we can uh, we should abide in Christ, and we need to work to abide in Christ because there's lots of dangers that, that, that lurk. So that's kind of the idea. So we're going to kind of walk through this point by point, and uh, it'll be kind of like last week. We'll have some some dialogues and some conversations here. So the beginning is uh, verse 7. Uh, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, flesh such a one is a deceiver and the Antichrist. Uh, Grant, when you heard that the, the, the message, any, any thoughts kind of stirred with you here? Yeah, just to, um, you know, even even thinking of the um, uh, assurance, assurance of pardon, uh, that there is no other name uh, under heaven uh, that men are saved. Uh, and that, that Jesus Christ and him, uh, fully man and fully God, is what separates us from any other uh, religion. And it, it's just a beautiful thing to see uh, John address this here, yeah. um, to know that, hey, if, if they are not uh, professing Jesus Christ as Lord, then they are not of us. They are a deceiver. Yeah. It's interesting, if you go back and kind of look at all of John's letters, the, the centrality of Jesus Christ being Lord, and it's walking with him. It's just so prevalent in all these writings. Uh, from the Gospel of John, Revelation, mm-hmm. uh, but also right here in these epistles. I tell you what, they're, they're, they're steep with this idea of, of coming in the flesh. Now, it's hard for us to fully know the, the controversy that was going on in John's day, mm-hmm. uh, why he wrote this letter, right? Uh, we know that there were some who left the, the community and kind of uh, started teaching that Jesus did not come in the flesh, right? So did not come as a man born uh, as, a, as a human. Uh, therefore, he did not die as a man. He was not raised as a man. Therefore, we lose the gospel. Uh, so this was a very serious thing uh, for, for, for John. Um, so I guess one, one of the questions, Grant, we can kind of maybe think through this idea of many deceivers, right? Not just that there's one or two, but there's many deceivers. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think you explained it well um, when when Jesus addresses it in, in the Gospels that that the way to destruction is wide, uh, but the the way to Jesus Christ is narrow. Yeah. Um, and and so I, I think when you think of an interstate, you know, there's there's a lot of many deceivers yeah. uh, that can fit on that interstate. Uh, but you get on a little two lane two lane country road. There's a big difference in congestion um, and people having their own uh, thought processes and uh, humility to to take that 
narrow road. Yeah, and I didn't even draw this out in the message, but if you look at just the human experience, humans are created to be servants. Mm. So, you know, Philippians 2, it says that Jesus Christ was made in human likeness, taking the very nature of a servant. Mm. Human beings are designed to serve. Mm. Serve is another way of saying worship. We're designed to worship. And I don't think that we realize how many different ways are offered for us to worship. And we know that the, the human heart is an idol factor. We can talk about all the different idols. But even just the false philosophies, right, uh, every age is going to be having them. And I think that in our day, there's it seems like there is a plethora, because everybody has a platform, right, and media kind of allows, dwindles down, social media and all that kind of stuff, dwindles down all the different deceivers. In John's day, it would have, things would have, moved very much slower but i think the the heresies would have been probably more prevalent because those things would have had a you know would have moved slower but probably in a more profound way so um and yeah. i i think it's i think it's uh as you as you brought out of how john really addresses this in basically everything that he wrote well he's the one who kind of saw the first century church was the only apostle that that was alive uh, and, and wrote these later in life. So he's getting to see, you know, 50 to 60 years of, you know, what's really going on within the church. What are the real dangers here uh, in the onset of the first century church? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, obviously he, he was writing Revelation, you mm -hmm. know, and we think about all the, the letters he wrote to Revelation. And there's that progression of those seven churches. You mm -hmm. have Jesus you know, kind of being in in the church, maybe forgotten your first love, all the way to the to the end of Revelation, where he's outside the church trying to get in. Um, so I think that John has saw the church drift and just sees the the danger, right? I mean, even the author of Hebrews, we must pay careful attention to this salvation, lest we drift away. I think this is a very very real thing. And you know, sometimes as a pastor, you 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 want to kind of give more of the uplifting. You know, let me let me give you the word of encouragement message, yeah. which I think was last week, two weeks ago. Um, when, focus on encouraging how he begins the letter, but we really have to be warned often because we are all susceptible to drift. Yeah. So, um, well, so then he kind of goes, says, watch out for yourselves. So this is the second point. So the first quote was a question, who are the deceivers? Those who deny that Jesus is the Christ. We didn't really talk about, I didn't really go into this idea of who is the specific deceiver, the specific antichrist. Uh, I really kind of did, didn't do that really because of first John talks about antichrist um, in two different points, in chapter 2 and chapter 4. So I didn't want to draw specifically the deceiver or the Antichrist, maybe Second Thessalonians 2 or in, in Revelation. Um, I thought that would have probably distracted mm -hmm. from the message, right? When we start asking questions, which is a good question to ask, who is the Antichrist? Um, I think that might, might block our mind from, okay, how am I being deceived by the Antichrist? So I just, did, I just chose not to message it as, just as, as a preaching point there. Um, but the second point, uh, watch out. Uh, for yourselves, watch out for the deceivers, and that we get that in verse eight, the first uh, imperative: uh, watch yourself, so that you may not lose what you have worked for, what we have worked for, uh, and may win your full uh, reward. Um, it's interesting when you look through the, the Gospels; uh, Jesus talks about reward a lot, mm -hmm. right? That he wants us to have that full reward, um, and he talks about those receiving no reward, those who are walking in wickedness, right? So reward is, is just part and parcel to the Christian experience, right? We, do, we don't just do things because we have to, right? Paul says if we did things just because we have to, we'd be pitied more than all men. No, we do things because we do believe in the resurrection. Amen. We do believe that God will give us a full reward being in heaven with him forever 
with pleasures at his right hand forevermore. Um, how is the um, this idea of uh, a reward uh, an encouragement for us in our Christian walk? Yeah, well, I think first we need to touch on that that Christ is our reward, Amen. and that um, just the the beauty of. Um, seeing him more clearly, uh, getting to walk alongside him, uh, no matter if we're going through trial, no matter if we're uh, thankful uh, for something that he's overcome, whatever the case may be. Uh, but knowing that, that he is our reward, uh, not these temporal things of this world. Um, and so just holding fast to, to him, um, it is such a great reward. I was uh, doing pre-marriage counseling uh, with a couple this past week and just thinking of, as, as we think of, of God binding marriages together and uh, husband and wife, praise be to God that even with, with my marriage over the last 14 years, that it's God that's been holding us together, you know, and, and he's my great reward because if it was up to me to hold those things together or to even hold on to my reward, um, I, I, I would, he would slip away, uh, very quickly. And so just the, the privilege in knowing that we have a God that holds us in the cleft of his hand and will never allow us to depart from him. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, I, while I was preaching the sermon, I, I kind of felt like, am I doing this justice that Jesus is our reward? Mm-hmm. You know, I was, you know, no sermon's perfect, right? So every every preacher always looks back and says, "Hey, I wish I would have done this," but Jesus really is glorious, and ah. beautiful. And mm-hmm. you know, at one point in the message, I was talking about Jesus being our Lord, our King, and our Master. And like, this is what we're doing it for. And I think that the lies of the evil one, mm-hmm. right, that would make us go after deceivers deception idols it's trying to make us believe that there is something of more worth of more value of a greater reward than jesus christ right so i think if we have an understanding that jesus really is our full reward and we're looking for that day of his blessed return we're looking for that day when we meet him when we hear those wonderful words well done my good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your master when we think about those the things down here pale in comparison Right, we have to elevate the value and the worth that we have in Jesus in our own heart. Um, and this is just one thing I, I haven't um, I've said before, but those of you who've been coming to the church for a while and hear the messages every single week, there's a part in the sermon where I'll say, "If you're here and you're a non-Christian," and that's where I'm really making an appeal to someone who's a non-believer in the audience. Um, I want you, as as a Christian, to one rejoice in the gospel said to you again. Right? Don't just kind of oh, I've checked this off. I'm not a non-Christian. But at that point, I really encourage you just to start praying, right? Uh, we want God to open eyes and uh, open ears. that People could see the, the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So at that moment, you know, that's your that's your, almost your call to say, let me pray uh, more fervently over these next 30 seconds that God would allow this word to fall on fertile soil. Um, any other thoughts there about how we can watch ourselves? Um, one, uh, just what you said. Uh, one that I I pray a lot um, when when I become consumed by the world around me I go over to Psalm 121 where it says look to the hills 
from where your help comes from. And so what it does whenever it um, removes my gaze from this world and uh, raises it up to him, I think I'm able to be uh, on watch, to watch out, uh, because I'm not being uh, consumed by the world around me, but I'm raising my eyes to the hills uh, and to Jesus Christ himself. Uh, those of you who are listening, I really wish this was a video podcast because Grant is using his body language and his eyes and his hands. Uh, typical Henson fashion. Um, I didn't know you could talk about your hands. I, I, it's possible. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more here in a second. Uh, but it's in verse 9, it says, everyone who goes on ahead. And it's interesting that the, the Greek there is actually progresses beyond, right? Mm-hmm. This is maybe a, a throwback to Revelation 22, those who add or take away from the Word of God. Um, it's funny how a lot of Christianity is, is looked at as progressive Christianity is moving beyond, and God would say that if you go beyond uh, and does not abide in the teaching of Christ, does mm-hmm. not have God, right? It's a very strong word. Yes. And whoever abides in the teaching has both the teaching of the Father and the Son. Now, you could just take that one verse and use it as a word of uh, warning, but also a word of encouragement. Mm-hmm. If you have the Father and the Son, you know, you're safe. You have. Amen. You should have to be comforted there. Uh, the, the third point was this idea of welcoming the deceivers, and this is verse 10 and 11. Uh, For if anyone comes to you who does not bring this teaching, do not receive him. That's the second command. I didn't mention it yesterday, but that's the second excerpt, uh, imperative in, the, in, the, in this little book. Uh, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. Whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Now, this is a little bit more challenging, I think, to, to kind of contemporize, right? Because, I mean, obviously, there's not a lot of traveling preachers today where we're opening up our houses. Hotels are, are very nice places to stay, mm-hmm. right? So people are not looking to, I'd rather stay in a hotel than maybe in your in your, in your guest, guest room. But this idea of welcoming, kind of giving an ear or hearing, mm-hmm. a kind of a, a foothold for false teaching. Um, so, you know, it's hard to make that contemporary application. Um, I do think it's kind of saying, listen, you can welcome sinners into your home. I think that's normal. Even a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon, you're not trying to give them a platform for their teaching. You're trying to convince them to the, of the claims of Christ. Give them a cup of coffee. I don't think that's violating. You're not participating in their wicked works because uh, you're trying to convince them that their works are wrong. Um, so I think it's a little bit different there. So how, how, maybe one way, how, how do we give welcome to false teaching or false teachers? Well, I think even when we evangelize, um, thinking of hearing where they're coming from, what, what they're, um, where they have, possibly veered from the truth because if we're not willing to give a listening ear we don't exactly know where they veered from the truth so if we just assume or uh, take them kind of lump them all together with all false teachers they're all uh, leaning this way into prosperity gospel or they're leaning to you know but hearing them out and 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 seeing where they have veered from the truth. It allows us to truly be able to give them the good and right uh, words of reconciliation. Yeah, and I made this point in the last message, last point of the sermon, uh, quoting J.C. Ryle. He says that none of us should should look for a controversial spirit. Mm-hmm. We should be like Goliath. Show me a man I can fight with. I think that's a lot, you know, mm-hmm. people having today. That's kind of bully spirit here. So we we don't want to be so ungracious and uncharitable not to be to be welcoming anybody and listen there's there's always got to be a theological triage someone could can agree with you on the first tier doctrines of the faith and even the second tier doctrines and if they don't agree with you on the third tier doctrines they're not a heretic mm-hmm. right i mean there's some things that are clear in scripture some things that are not 
So we want to be very careful there. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, we want, we want to grow in charity and yet we still want to grow in our ferocity to f- mm-hmm. defend the truth. How, how, how do you balance that? Yeah. I think this is one of the beauties of having a, a church family, right, is when you have people who are, like we talked about last week, love and truth, right? Some people are going to lean towards love and some people are going to lean towards truth. Um, you need both in your in your life because they need to help balance you out, you know, and like all of us have certain um, uh, leanings because of our upbringing, because of our own temperaments, because of our own, um, you know, interest, uh, our own um, things that we've heard and teaching we've experienced in our own life. So we just got to be very careful, right, mm-hmm. uh, before we call someone a heretic or, or a false teacher. And at the same time, there are false teachers, right? Mm-hmm. So I have no problem saying the United Methodist Church is false teaching because they're clearly going against what God just defines in terms of how God speaks about marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And sexuality. I think what you are affirming what God hates. Mm-hmm. So therefore I think that you have drifted off into, into being a false teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be churches, even my own denomination, uh, Southern Baptist you know, convention that I do not agree with. Um, I'm not going to probably call them a heretic, although some I may, right? Mm-hmm. Some they might get bounced, but um, a lot of it's more of a, a different philosophy or approach to ministry. Well, different philosophy and approach is very different than teaching something that's false. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Any, any thoughts there? Yeah, um, I, I, I think it's I think it's easier to have that listening ear uh, when we are truly rooted and grounded in the faith, and we're not fearful that we're not going to have the answer. Or we're gonna be persuaded ourselves, um, and so I think that allows us to have more of a listening ear and not be so so critical yeah. uh, to jump on that because we're more confident in our hobby horse than we are in the truth of gospel yeah. and who he really is. Well, I think that's the idea of like we all kind of want to be Bereans, right? Mm. We want to be critical thinkers. We just don't want to be critical, right? You know, I think I'm a, how, how did, maybe maybe those maybe we could find a better word for it. I'm not even sure how to, how to define that. But the Bereans heard the teaching and then examined the scriptures, right? We want to be those who examine the scriptures and really wrestle with the things of God for, as He revealed in His Word, Amen. and understand that we're not infallible, right? Mm-hmm. The Word of God is infallible, Amen. But we are not, right? Yes. So we may have wrong interpretations. So, you know, I didn't want to leave the sermon, right, without talking about some things that I think are potential dangers for us today, right? So, you know, last point was the wisdom for our day. Here's some potential, you know, dangerous spots that we might be exposed. And I think that none of, um, I don't see any clear false teaching in our church. I don't see any clear false teaching of people in our church believing, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there, there might be some seeds, right? that if allowed to germinate and allowed to blossom, they may drift even, have, have people drift even more towards um, teaching that would be unhelpful, mm-hmm. right, or false. You know, I talk about this idea of just prosperity gospel light, right? I think prosperity gospel is just part and parcel of American mm-hmm. culture. Uh, lots of teachers uh, teach that. And I think that the undercurrent, right, that has kind of dwindled down to a church like ours would be, like I said on, on Sunday, this idea of discontentment or not being satisfied with God's providence in your life, mm-hmm. right? God's sovereign choice in your life. So you feel like you're entitled to a better life, a better spouse or a spouse or children, whatever. I'm entitled to these things because then you're kind of have soaked up a little bit of that uh, prosperity gospel. So that's more of, more, more of an application of believing false things and how that plays itself out in your mm-hmm. own life. Um you know, so it's hard to kind of to hit all these different different topics. But, wow. you know, I yeah. talked about uh, just quickly, I talked about the prosperity gospel light. I talked about gender confusion, uh, race, 
I looped a lot of things together, you know, um, you know, social justice, politics, you know, education, homeschooling, diet, things that you're trying to celebrate and rejoice in as this is the answer for a happy life. Um, just to kind of say, well, no, the only thing that can, that really is we're, you know, we're happy in Jesus. That's what we right. want to be in, in his salvation. Mm-hmm. So any one of those that you think, okay, I'd love to make a, make thoughts, comments, think we're yeah, agree, well, disagree. Well, I think, I think that was more what I was speaking of when I was thinking a hobby horse. And let's say, uh, I'm, I'm on this specific diet and it has helped me to lose 50 pounds. Well, I can see this in my life, and and sometimes I see that as more tangible than I do Jesus Christ actively moving within my life. And so it's easier for me to talk about this and to boast about this because I can put my hands on it. Yeah. And we, we bend towards seeing things... Uh, not by faith, but yeah. by sight. Yeah. So I think you see that in, in I mean, obviously we saw that in politics, lots mm. of hopes dashed, lots of hopes rejoiced in right. this last political cycle, this idea of social justice or activism, mm. like this is the thing that I'm going to get really passionate right. about. Um, you know, whether it's my fitness or my workout regimen, there's lots mm. of things that we can kind of really say, okay, this is what, you, if you're not happy in life, well, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not happy in life, you need more of the Lord. Amen. Right. You know, so, so I just think we have to be, we just have to be careful, right? Mm. Uh, there's lots of different things. Well, that was that list was not meant to be exhaustive at all. Um, if you look at uh, well, one thing that I did, beloved, just so you know, is I asked lots of people throughout this week, right? Where do you see deception, right? Where do you see areas of false teaching maybe kind of starting to germinate in the life of our people? And I cannot tell you how many different answers I got. But the answers were were myriad, right? So if you look at an average Sunday of 300 people coming to our to our to our gatherings. Every single one is going to be susceptible to maybe lean to a different potential false teaching. Like, I don't think that we're in a church that uh, we love the truth. I don't think that we're in a church that's going to drift immediately off the cliff going towards things that aren't true of the, of the gospel of Jesus, right? Because I think that we're strong there. Um, but I think that we're always maybe in danger of um, overemphasizing one thing or over another, you know, which then tends to maybe blind us to other things. And, you know, then we're not loving one another. Right, which which is the, how this kind of charge began, right? And we're maybe not walking like Christ um, in truth and love, right? We're maybe violating some of that. So, um, so yeah, if you have thoughts uh, on on the sermon, and you thought, hey, there's things that maybe I'm seeing that weren't mentioned, please let us know as elders. We want to continue to think about that, and we're wrestling with those things all the time. We're always looking for where are the potential things that could could cause us to drift uh, as a body. So, uh, Grant, any closing thoughts? Um, yeah, I'd like to go back um, to the the example that you gave, uh, just uh, the practicality of it, where, where you had the uh, not welcoming ones in and then uh, sending out the disciples and the 72 to be welcomed in, you know, and finding that person of peace. I, I think if, uh, if, if there would be anything, I would challenge you to go back and kind of wrestle with those things, go back and look where the disciples are are not received, and and how uh, Jesus responds to that. You know, people who are not of the truth, who are deceived, and just how we can better interact 
with this world that is that is dying and passing away that needs the true gospel uh, that we need to give out to them. Yeah, so if you think about this idea of shaking the dust off your feet, mm-hmm. if you think about those who are treated as a tax collector or a Gentile or handed over to Satan, well, those are awful things, you know, and Jesus is basically saying if someone welcomes you, they welcome me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone doesn't welcome you, they don't welcome me. You know, that's, that's a scary thing. We want to be a people who welcome the Lord. Uh, and we want to welcome the Lord's people. So, um, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this uh, time as we got able to look at Second John. We pray, God, that you would indeed uh, help us be aware that there are many false teachers, that you would help us watch out for them, God, that we would work uh, to believe in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and not lose our reward. We long for the day when we would be in the presence of Christ, our glorious King, our Lord, our Master, our Savior, our joy. Uh, So, God, I pray that our hearts would see the infinite worth and value of Jesus far more and above uh, the lesser hopes in this world. So, Father, we thank you for this time. We pray it's fruitful and edifying to our people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.